Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Peace and welcome to the Edible Activist Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa L. Jones, broadcasting live from the lobby of The Line, D.C. On this show, you hear from the voices of dynamic Black people and people of color in the agriculture, food justice, and healing space as they share empowering food narratives and perspectives that stem from the land, all while exemplifying the spirit of activism in their own edible way. Let's get started. Peace, everyone, and welcome to the Edible Activist Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa L. Jones, broadcasting live from the lobby of The Line DC here on Full Service Radio. So last week, I kicked off Black History 365 Part 1 with my two comrades, um, Jeremy Carey, a.k.a. Veggie Promo, and Maisha Taylor, a.k.a. I am Maisha on the gram. Um, We talked about everything from how we choose to acknowledge our history, paying homage to our brave ancestors, and giving much-needed credit to those planting the seeds of our future. So I'm back this week with part two, and I'm super excited because I get to invite super dope guests back to the the studio. And I have today Jeff Edwards. What's up? In the building. That's good. In the building. (laughs) And for those who don't know Jeff, first of all, he's been here a couple times. Last time I had you in the studio, we talked about, it was was titled Ancestral Conversations. Um, But Jeff is, on top of being an awesome father, awesome husband, to a dope wife, if she's listening, she's super dope. Um, He is an herbalist, an acupuncturist. Um, I'm also even going to call you an educator in some respects. You know, um, he, he's done nature walks, herbal walks here in the city. You guys just need to check him out. But towards the end of the show, I'm actually going to have him shout out his information so that you guys can follow him. I've actually even been a patient of his. OK, with acupuncture, I need to come back. I've fallen off. But come I was back. there, brother. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so as I said, you know, last week we did um, part one. Black History 365. Um, I'd mentioned that I don't feel compelled to um, to do a special month of, of Black History because what I do every week, every, almost every other day, is I interview amazing Black and Brown folks in food and agriculture, right? Year-round, 365. That's it. You, you do it. You're, you're making the history and, and conveying the stories of the history, and it's as always. You know, and someone told me that documenting our oral history is super important, and it definitely goes down here every week, So, and I'm grateful. Um, but we are continuing the conversation. So on to part two, um, definitely 
you know, some of the things that we're going to cover is that um, we're going to get Jeff's, um, I'm interested in in learning how Jeff chooses to honor his black history, Um, not just just in the month of February, we're not confined to the month of February, but year round, and especially as an herbalist, you know, and and really um, getting into some of those um, rituals that any of us can incorporate um, to honor those who've come before us and to just honor the spaces that we're creating um, and to honor the land, which should be ongoing, right? Um, And the other thing that we're going to cover is that we're going to really place a lens on education and and black history. And um, Jeff is probably going to (laughs) explode during that piece. (laughs) But first, I want to start off by asking you, Jeff, how do you um, choose to honor your black history every day, every other day, monthly, whatever that looks like for you? Um, Or how do you choose to redefine how you're honoring your black history? No, um, definitely, definitely. First, thanks, dear. Thanks for having me on. Um, I mean, it it starts, you have to be, have the intention. Um, And for me, it's it's with the intention each day of seeking out stories in particular um, that are about the history, um, my history. And so, and we can, we'll talk about this. I'm going to keep throwing out like genealogy and family stories and history is how you keep black history alive and spending your dollars with black businesses to keep, you know, allow Mm. entrepreneurs to shine and, you know, do their thing and make black history. Um, But really like those stories is is worse at where there's like reading biographies throughout the year, um, including and being in spaces intentionally with my family, with my sons, where they're exposed to our history, not just during this month. Right. Um, They get that, you know, from home, but then being in spaces where they're learning their music. You know, mm. you know their culture, their art, and really getting it like directly hands on. Yes, that's how you maintain it all year round. Yes, and you know, and you know what? He's Jeff. Not playing when he's. I always thinking you when I hear when I hear the word genealogy. Like you're big on big. that. You're big, and you know what? I thought about you because when I was in Mississippi, everyone knows. Recently, I was um, I was in Mississippi not too long ago, and I did an entire podcast series, right? And I was at my grandmother's house. And um, I remember, I think it was the last show that you were on, you talked about, you know, when you're digging back into your lineage, you know, one of the things you should question is what your grandmother grew and what your grandmother's grandmother grew, vice versa. And so I was talking to my grandmother and we were in her in the in the backyard and she was growing collard greens. And I had a photo of my great grandmother with my mom on the right and my aunt on the left. And I literally just sat there because my great grandmother apparently loved to grow collards. There it is. And I it's- thought I was like. Check homework. <laughs> now, you gotta have your collars. I got you. Gotta have your collars. Okay. Variety. You gotta have different varieties. Yes. You gotta take it to the next level. Yes. Gotta, but that moment was so significant for me to take that photo because I was like, "Wow!" Like my grandmother is growing collard greens, and her mother enjoyed growing collard greens. And you know, that's this is we we talked about me digging into my lineage, and I'm still doing my homework. But I'm intentional. I'm very intentional about it. But that's also key. You said the word about being intentional. We have to want to, we have to want to be intentional about connecting and honoring our, our, these spaces and our ancestors. Cause if it's not there, 
you you just don't do it. You have to. You have to. If you if you go seeking and, and looking for your family's stories, they are there. They're mm-hmm. waiting for you to be discovered. They're waiting for you to tell them. And that's what you know. That's really what my life. This whole next chapter that's unfolding now. That's what it's completely about. So that's yeah. You have wow. you have to seek them out, and when you seek them out, they like this is <laughs> like the stories are there. Um, and the information, and then from that, I mean, it's kind of this vertical process, uh, but then it's also very horizontal as far as mm-hmm. when you connect to this family member and the stories of their particular family and those plants or what was in their garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you learn about, like, their health, what was yes. going on, like, what were the things that they faced yeah. and how they, you know, managed, how they dealt with it, how they cured and treated these things. Mm-hmm. And then you just began compiling this, all this vast information. Um, wow. And you, and it keeps growing. And it keeps it's growing. never no end to, you know, family lines. Wow. Yeah. The roots just keep on, keep, keep going, on, keep, keep going. on going. Mm-hmm. You know, that reminds me, I, most recently I was at an event and I decided to print photos of the work that, um, that I've been doing with the podcast and talking to, to different growers and gardeners. And shout out to Lita Harrison, who is still, I still claim my amazing photographer, although she's in Austin, okay? She's my photographer, okay? And um, I printed these photos out. And I remember actually last week I was sharing them with Jay and Maisha and just the responses that I was getting from everyone, like, whoa, like mm. this is so beautiful. Capture. And yeah. Capture. And yeah. it was just a reminder, like, digital world is great. It's awesome, right? But I plan on printing out every single thing. And I was just like, look at this compilation of history makers, people who are actually making history, you know, to just see that in physical form and just having that photo. And you think like 50 years out, 30 years out, you know, God willing, like, whoa, like. Having it like, though, when you start talking about photos and that's, I mean, being able to look at pictures down the line, like. I'm thankful for those uh, those studio sessions wherever they were going, where the, our ancestors were sitting down when mm-hmm. they had cameras mm-hmm. and they were dressed yes. out yes. in their, you know, their best of whatever and sitting down and we have those pictures. And we have you, those photos. And I, I have them and I've been collecting them and I'm working with them and that's really, that's my art is about those photos and the stories and the plants. It's like, it's all coming It's all coming together. Yeah. But that's yeah. a real way to, a true way to a not only stay connected but to honor your family and to stay connected to our history holding on to those memories and to also look at those photos do you ever i hope this isn't weird do you ever look at those photos and just wish that you can just be in there for just a moment yeah yeah that's not weird (laughs) all the time it's not weird oh my goodness it's not weird i was like i just want to like feel what they're feeling right now you know which I'm sure is a myriad of things, and I just want to be with them right now. And to me, that's holding on, yeah. you know, and that's, you call that pride, you can call it whatever you want, but it's just like, I want to be in that moment with them, and I think that moment is so beautiful, yeah. so beautiful. Like hands, when you think about, when I think about the stories of my grandfather's hands, and I look at the mm. photos and see his hands in the picture and just look at like all the different stories of things that he did, I mean, both, both my grandfathers and just things that they built, things that they use their hands to provide and wow overlapping many of the things that I do to this day and it's just like just something that's small just that you yeah you know, yeah it's small but it's, it's a significant it's a lot of depth to it yeah so as an herbalist um Jeff 
what are some of the ways or what what are some practices or, or rituals or um, I don't know if there's another term, correct me, because I'm not the professional in all of this, but what are some of the things that we can do with intentionality to honor um, those who came before us, those, our, our food heroes, our ag heroes, our educators, you know, those who really fought for us to be able to vote, all of it's connected. Um, and whether it's something that you do or something that you suggest to others to, to help um, them to remain connected, what are some of those, like how can we use herbs or, or sounds, music, sound bowls, you know, to um, honor our history? I mean, so, I mean, when it comes to plants, I mean, the first part we've already mentioned is like once you find out there was a particular vegetable uh, or you, you have a that. story for a particular herb mm-hmm. um, that a, a grandparent or someone used, it starts with cultivating or growing that. Um, but Wow. And but but you so don't want to have it outside of the context of like, okay, you want to eat collard greens, but then you need to grow collard greens. You need to get some collard greens mm-hmm. and germinate the seeds. You need to mm-hmm. go from the full process right. from seed to seed <laughs> and spend time with, I mean, literally mm-hmm. you have to spend the time with this plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of information that you learn in that process. Yeah. It's a lot of process Yeah, as far as like, you know, being able to access yeah. those stories and this, and it's, I mean, it's not really challenging to go about. You just have to set aside the time. Right. Really. It's the attention. Right. The intention and making the time to do that. And then also in the landscapes as well. So the plants that you find out and then if you can necessarily go to the places where if you have the, you know, the opportunity mm-hmm. to go and look at where they cultivated the actual land and, really? and be in those yes. spaces. So I told, I don't mean to cut you off. I told my, my, when I did my last interview with my big mom, my big daddy, I said, um, big mom, I need to go to Mount Olive. Cause that's where my grandmother, mm-hmm. um, grew up where my great grandfather was a sharecropper and they grew up, they had a, they grew food, everything there. Um, but they grew up in Mount Olive. I said, I need to go there next time I'm back in Mississippi. I really do need to go there. It's calling you. Yeah. No. And I told my mom, I said, I need to go to Butler. And I've been to Butler once, but I was like, I need to go back. But it is calling me. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and, and spaces have memories. So and it's only mm-hmm. me- certain memories that are going to be accessible to you if you go and mm-hmm. be in those spaces. And mm-hmm. then yes. It's yes. like absorb. You have to absorb in a yes. certain, you know, it's all up in your double helix. It's going to be things that you got to activate. What's my double helix? Don't be <laughs> throwing all these fancy words at me. It's all, it's in your DNA. It's, it's in, in my DNA. Blood. It's okay. in your blood. It's in your okay. DNA. And there's certain things that being and spending times in reverence and in mm. respect in those spaces and then wow. carrying on and then telling the stories and calling out the names. Yeah. That's how you, you know, you make it full circle. And yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, wow. And for me, I think this is what I, I said last week, charge my head, not my heart. Um, but it's remembering those places and those spaces through stories, mm-hmm. through photos, through food that allows me to continue to honor my history, my culture, my black culture, and to embrace it and not look at it as a thing. Because some people do, but again, not everybody does, you know, has intention that happened in the past or moving forward. That's really, it's a big part of me. 
And I feel like there's a certain level of power that you tap into in terms of like knowing who yourself is and that self-identity. Um, because if I didn't have that, I don't know if I'll be able to do what I do now. And that is holding on to, that is going, being able to go back and tell the stories of somewhat, some of the stories that I, that I know of, of my great grandparents um, and being able to honor their history and keep it alive, you know, not just to February, yeah. but forever. Always. Always, always. So anyway, for those who are just tuning in, I'm Melissa L. Jones, host of the Edible Activist podcast, broadcasting live here from the lobby of the line, D.C. I'm here on Full Service Radio. I am joined by the amazing Jeff Edwards, um, herbalist, acupuncturist. Um, I'm sure he got some other... um, um, what do you call it? Some other ABCs behind your name. <laughs> He's a dad, husband. Just dad. Pops. Dad. Bob, pops. Mus- musician. Pops. Like, you're into music, too? I'm into music. My, yes. my, 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 my son is the one who's really, like, taking up that, yes. that charge. But, yeah, definitely music background. You know, we have a very music and arts friendly home. Yes. Well, briefly tell your story. Isn't there someone on your side of the family that there's, isn't there like a, a a music um, icon connection? I mean, there, there, there's, there's actually a few. Um, So on one side, in terms of like, when we talk about like the Delta blues, my uh, great grandfather, John Fair, uh, who lived in Kilmichael, Mississippi. Um, he Shout uh, out the Sip. Shout out the Sip. Uh, and then his brother, Archie. So they were part of a group of folks in that area who were real instrumental, like, for example, B.B. Uh, King, mm-hmm. who happened to grow up in that home. But then also my grandfather ended up marrying B.B.'s cousin. So it's wow. through that way. And then on my dad's side, um, uh, we have you know a couple generations where Reuben Carroll, that was three times great grandfather okay uh reuben and minerva that was my two times uh, wow okay great grandmother they had you know several children one of the daughters who happened to be sam cook's mom mm. um and so carrie carroll who's my grandmother's father so see that so this is the other piece wow. like, you gotta learn you gotta you, when you know your family see like okay this is the connection that's why i mean it goes lateral yeah as far as yeah lineages but then there's so many horizontal stories and connections to things that you know, when you go in all directions with your genealogy, you learn. You know, do you so have much any rich. of those photos? Like any photos? I have, at all? I have, I have lots of photos oh my gosh. And, do and you... in the process of gathering more. Yeah. Oh gosh. Do you sit down with your son? Yeah. Especially the one who's taking the charge and and do you, do you, what yeah. does that look like for I you? I mean, it's just. I mean, we they they've been getting it since they're little. It just goes from Whoa. starting off Man. playing the music in the background at the house. It's mm. kind of like. <laughs> your own subliminal mm-hmm. like background music it's like just things you want it was in your dna it was, it was in your dna <laughs> so being exposed to that and then you know making sure that they you know play in our the exposure mm-hmm. you know to mm-hmm. these different things but yeah we we talk about it we sit down and look at the pictures they get the same story told over 40 50 times yeah. the same way my father told the same stories over and that's how the repetition oh my gosh. you get the stories you know the stories because you've been told the same stories we're gonna keep looking at the same and pictures. then your son gonna continue to tell yeah, them gonna stories keep telling those stories yeah black history 365 that's it that's it whoa i love that so much i love that so much guys we're gonna take a really short break and we'll be right back
You're listening to Perfect Day, produced by Artists Authentic. For more of Authentic's work, visit allornothingstudios.com. Welcome back. This is Melissa L. Jones here with the Edible Activist Podcast, broadcasting live from the lobby of the line DC here on Full Service Radio. Um, I've been chatting here with the amazing Jeff Edwards, and um, we are, this is um, Black History 365 Part 2, continuing our conversations from last week about how we honor black history um, and some of the things that we can do to tap back into our lineage and um, remembering our stories and retelling our stories and um, looking at vivid photos and telling these stories to our kids so that they can retell these stories. Um, And we actually just left off by um, Jeff sharing some of the music icon connections that he has um, within his family and his lineage. He He knows it. You got it. You got it. He's big on genealogy really big on genealogy, which is something that I've been looking into, something that I've been very intentional about. And for me, it is, you know, I want to be in the spaces where my great-grandparents and their great-grands and and those who came before them, where they used to cultivate the land, um, where they used to live, where they used to garden, where they used to grow. um, And just being able to make that connection and honor those connections and and remember that and holding on to that, again, our black history is not confined to the month of February. This is something every single day that we, I would hope a lot of us would want to be intentional about. But as Jeff said, like it's about setting the intention. Um, and so this this show and, and every other show is really just a reminder that um, we, we have always, you know, black history is American history. And um, it's, it's not again, we're not limited to one month. We built America um, and our culture is, is, is rich. It's deep. It's complicated too. Um, it's like it's complicated, mm-hmm. but then it isn't complicated. Yeah. But there have been some complications. There's some complications there. There's definitely some complications. And so one of the things, so that for, for the second half of this show, I definitely want to point to education, right? Um, you know, Jeff, there was a reason. Well, let me go back. So last week, and you and I talked about this just right before the show, I attended an amazing event. I was actually part of an amazing event hosted by Kamari Norman of um, DPR, Department Department of Parks and Recreation. And um, it was a panel for Black History. Um, amazing um, women in food, Amanda Stevenson over at the Food Factory in Southeast. You had Zachary Dreaming Out Loud, Violet King, um, farm manager um, at Kelly Miller. And um, at the very start of that program, um, Kamari actually carved out time to have um, uh, amazing braider show the audience how um, our ancestors, our slaves, our beautiful women used to braid seeds into their hair in order to when they to bring them over here. <laughs> it's deep, it's deep yeah. right? And this was a full room, and everyone was blown away, right? And I, I've I've had some knowledge about. It. I've read about it. I mean, it's something that I'd known. Um, my homeboy Jay, he was at the event, and he he wasn't hip. He didn't know, and, and it just made me think. And I just got chills. A because 
when I think, whenever I hear stories about our our ancestors being on these slave ships and, you know, the whole um, transatlantic slave, tra- like, I, I get chills because, again, it's weird. I almost, like, place myself into that space and, like, wow, they endured so much. But when I think about history and what wasn't taught to me, you know, obviously this wasn't one of the stories. And um, that education piece is so big because still to this day, we aren't being taught our true history, our true story, his story. We are not being taught that. And um, again, it was amazing presentation. And again, just another reminder, like the stuff that's growing over here, like our ancestors brought that over here. Yeah. It just didn't show up. So when you also try to extract us out of stories and you glorify agriculture as this white millennial thing to do, like this is a reminder, you know, again, no shade to anyone. I'm friends with everybody, but it was a reminder and that it sinks in and it soaks in to say we were beyond a contribution to America, like beyond. But anyway, my point (laughs) where I really want to focus on. And I had to bring that up because that's stuff that people don't know. We aren't being taught the real stories as a dad to three wonderful boys that I haven't even met yet, but I'm calling them wonderful because you're great. And I know they're great. And I know you don't pass anything down, but greatness to them. Someone who home, are you still homeschooling? I'm still homeschooling to this day. Oh yeah. I'm really interested in, in your, perspective on that education piece and and that was intentional for you because I know it started off as a food thing because they had like severe allergies mm-hmm. and you couldn't place them and you just couldn't trust the food system that's a whole other thing I mean the whole food system inside the school okay yeah. but there was also you wanted to make sure that they were being educated on their African principles and beliefs like you wanted them to be rooted in that rooted rooted and and I mean, and shout out, you know, to my wife, because even when yes. before we even started uh, homeschooling, uh, this was when it was we only had our first, our oldest mm-hmm. at the time. And the conversation of homeschooling, we spoke about it, uh, but had never done it. And so it took until my second son and him being of like school age and like you say, experiencing mm-hmm. a lot of the things with the allergies and mm-hmm. such. Uh, which kind of forced us into the space. But it was a blessing yes. in disguise because uh it allowed us to just be able to get a glimpse. And this was at the time, just homeschooling one child at the difference, because basically it was like, we had a, a, a science experiment in our own home. Cause my oldest son was still in the public school mm-hmm, while mm-hmm. my youngest came out of kindergarten. So after a couple of years, it was things that just stood out glaring. It was like things wow. that we could tell about the socialization, how they say, Oh, your kids need to be in this space to get, but the socialization process um was 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 palpable you could you know you could Got see it. the difference between the two kids mm-hmm. and thankfully we were able to pull we pulled him out earlier um early enough and i mean we've been on a track but now you know they're good but i'm, I'm going to go back to one thing you said when go you mentioned it. um you said we were taught and that's the issue we were being taught by uh curriculums and ideas and theories and such that were not of us. It wasn't our story. Yes. It wasn't us contextualizing life 
through our own lens, through our windows. We were looking at our own lives as if we're on the outside of our life looking into the window at us mm-hmm. as opposed to being in the house of our own history, our wow. own culture. Yes. And letting other people look or who wants. You can look and see, but not being in the house of mm-hmm. the retelling of our stories. Um, mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in those initial years of homeschooling our boys, um, we had the opportunity through our homeschool, uh, one of the homeschool collectives, uh, Sankofa Homeschool Collective, where um, the good brother, um, brother uh, Obi Egbuna, who he teaches some of the history programming um, or the history classes with the uh, Sankofa Homeschool. And so they got, um, you know, a good foundation in just the fact that there's a, there's other narratives and other stories that orient us as you know as black folks as descendants of africans as descendants of indigenous folks Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. what makes us into the people we are now and the fact that that could be but right now our focus is beyond that and it's the only history this is how i stand how i feel it out the only history Mm -hmm. that's important is your family history Mm. you don't need to learn like, why are we learning other people's family lines and bloodlines? And mm. why are we learning other people's stories and what they did? Like, the only history you really need to be learning is who was your great-grandfather? Who was your great-grandmother? Because it all goes back. Who was, yeah. your, who was your grandmama? Who, what was this in these stories, both vertical genealogy and horizontal, mm-hmm. and gathering those stories and then contextualizing the times and what was going on through the eyes of your own family? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's that's wow. history for us. That's history. When our homeschool, like, you know, as part of, you know, the system, we have to, you know, you do the, the homeschool reviews, you know, multiple right. times a year. But our history curriculum program now is family history. We go to the land. We go spend time with uncle. Whoa. We go out into the country and, and do this, and we document this, and we archive our own family history. We do Whoa. this together as a group. We don't. Mm-hmm. We're not letting mm-hmm. other narratives and other stories and then try to figure out how do we contextualize our family and our blood into other stories. Mm. It's twisted, you know? And so that's... Damn. That's it. Wow. That's, that's, and, that, and, and, and that's our approach. And so, you know, starting from the history and then just looking at all aspects of education and things that we come up, uh, what homeschooling truly is is deliberation because it opens you up to one to create that narrative for yourself if you don't have the narrative if you don't have the benefit of having those stories it you know puts you in the place to at least find other community and people who are doing it and mm-hmm. figure out how how to jump into the flow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so you know I, I i recommend everyone you know just you know homeschooling just on that front alone but then again the blessing in disguise is because when you put your children's education First, in the, for us, our experience has been it's, it's very challenging because you have to breaking from the education system of your children requires a restructuring of the way you navigate in this society in general. We shift in who who can who got to, who can be home who can do this. It shifts like how do we work and then it breaks you from the mold of no. We have to be entrepreneurs. We have to set our own. We have to be on top of our game. We have this has to be about our wealth, our legacy. Being entrepreneurs, us dictating, us having the flexibility, us creating our own spaces to do what we want and not trying to be in other folks' spaces and, and tell our stories. We're in our spaces. I'm in my studio. I'm in my clinic teaching the medicine of my family. My wife is in her studio telling her mm-hmm. stories of her you know, legacy and her family mm-hmm. through her artistry. you know. And 
from that, it navigates to where you do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> but it, it, it's, not, it's not like overnight. You have to be right, in that. We're, exactly. we're, we're eight years in the process now of doing wow, this and still you said learning. eight years. You know, mm-hmm. still learning as folks. And we've had the benefit of being in an area where we've had, you know, massive support and see the way so many types of families do it. You know, in our situation, we have a, you know, father, mother, children, and we're able to balance and do it that way. But I wouldn't deter. I see all forms of families doing it from uh, single parents to co-parenting families in different models and ways, but the community piece is there. We teach each other's children. We're accountable to them, and they grow up seeing that example, and hopefully they continue and continue to homeschool and take on uh, the responsibility mm-hmm. of creating space to carry on our stories. I felt that in my soul. Genealogy is the only history, period. Genealogy. Your genealogy, that's the only history you need to be focused on. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Then if some other piece of this, this contextualizes, okay, this was going on while it was the 1918 flu. Then you figure out, okay, what's going on and what were people doing? You navigate and tie in the stories. Mm-hmm. Or this was going on and it was the Civil War. This was going on. Then you understand it, but you're not understanding it. Okay, Civil War and drawing the line back up to your ancestry. Mm. No, you understand your ancestry and then connect it back to this other outside stuff that's going on. Stay inside the house of your history and your story. Stay inside the house of your history yeah. for your story. We doing it backwards. Man, I never thought in whatever of it way like you that. can do that, whether it's I mean, whether you're in the capacity to homeschool or not for us. Homeschooling is the only way. Yeah. So people so will say, well, what, what is, you no, know, do you think you're, like, no, we have no interest that they will ever go back no, to public education Come on now. ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we're about identifying other pieces, identifying mm-hmm. your child's genius and allowing them to shine and get the support to be that. And, you know, and so. But you will also, th- that curriculum would never even exist in a public school. No, no. <laughs> it just wouldn't. No. No, Tell so me about you your family. Dig into your roots. Yeah. Why not? Hell, it barely it barely talked about other historical figures. You I learn mean, about you're gonna learn the, the the I mean through understanding because you, like you say, our family histories are complex. You're gonna learn about the family traumas and the cycles of trauma mm-hmm. that jump generations and understand your own perspective mm-hmm. and how to navigate much clearer mm-hmm. if you start from your own perspective. You're gonna understand the health ailments that family members that you're most likely you know if you were Mm -hmm. to have depending on the environment or Mm -hmm. where you are that you may Mm -hmm. or may not based on those cycles and how things jump generations you're going to understand uh i mean everything what foods should you be eating and how did they eat it a lot of times you know we say that and i even say that like eat the food and you know grow what they grow but it's it's a little bit more to that but you want to start with that it's more to that um, and you keep adding on and you yeah. keep adding and it's and it's never ending yeah because then your sons have to do the work they got to do the work they better they <laughs> they better <laughs> they do better, the work they better. You better do the work whoa i was listening to um another podcast yesterday i love listening to other podcasts i listen to mine all the time in case anybody's wondering i do li- re-listen to my episodes but i was listening to a podcast yesterday um and i need to catch up because i'm at the very probably at, at episode 12 not sure if you're familiar with this podcast called earn your leisure no. two brothers in new york city in new york i think new york, probably in the state um but it's a it's a a podcast um for 
black people and, and how to build wealth. Mm. It is powerful. I mean, I think when they started, their numbers like skyrocketed. They were like top 10 podcasts, like worldwide, something, something like that. I don't know. Black Enterprise, I mean, I've been covered by every, every single, um, a lot of publications, a lot of um, media um, spotlight on them. But two amazing brothers that are saying, listen, we need to build black wealth, and this is how you're going to do it. do it. It's dope. Yes. They had I'm here for that. Valencia Clay, I think that's her last name, who is a school teacher and educator out in Baltimore City. She's from Harlem. Um, very significant figure in the education world works, you know, she, her school's in the inner city in Baltimore. A lot of us already know about Baltimore. Did she write a, a book? Was she it, did uh, write what a book. Was it, um, I can't remember the name, but she definitely wrote a like, book. It was like, I know someone, one of, this is uh, a good a friend of the family who mentioned that I know the book is like black and white. It, it's it's like I have to Google it. Okay, um, sorry, but no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. This, no, no, no. I'm gonna I know, Google it in just I know. a moment. I'm familiar. Okay. So there, she's. If you go, go look her up. I mean, she. I think she's taking a, a hiatus. She's um, getting her PhD, or she's getting another degree at John Hopkins. Wow. She's studying studying like neuro, neurology, mm-hmm. like the science of the brain. And I mean, she really wants to take her her teaching to a whole another level. And one of the things that she said. Um, and as we were talking about um, students and, and reading and, and educating and how it's the system is set up that they aren't taught, you know, to to learn their their history, their heritage or anything like that. She was like, we need to teach students how to read. And she wasn't even necessary because I was kind of confused in the beginning and at first because I don't think she was saying like we need to physically teach them like read like word for word the art of reading and how beautiful reading is because you know this coming when I went to public school anytime I had to read is because for a project summer school reading that yeah. was it yeah. and if we don't teach them or if they don't catch on to like the beauty of reading and that it's beautiful and it's awesome and knowledge is power will forever be confined to the system of not knowing because we aren't reading and at that, and to catch them at an early age is very key, as you know, as a dad. But she was like, "We aren't teaching people how to read, and we need to do more of that to enjoy reading." And comprehension, reading, comprehension. Comprehension. Is key. Can you can you read? And what was this about? Can you say what you just read? Exactly. Not just as far as like literally what it said to right. to be able to add meaning to what was absolutely. Your own Absolutely. Yeah. And I just I, I mean, she she I mean, if, if you all you've all some of you guys probably are familiar with Valencia, Valencia um, dope sister. She is extremely vocal. I mean, she's going to lay it all out for you. Um, but she's a passionate school teacher and educator, you know, um, especially with kids who are inner inner city kids, you know, who have backgrounds um, that aren't necessarily, you know, probably glorious ones, you know, ones that kids who come from the system, you know, or, or families who are in the system and really getting through, through to them. And she has a style, a relatable style in the way she teaches her kids. Um, and, but anyway, her work is significant, but I, that just really hit home for me because I know coming up and I know we're kind of in a different zone when you're in middle school, whatever, but we weren't, I know us little Brown kids, we were just reading because we had to read, but I did notice that my white friends, they would read just because, you know, 
And I don't know, it just hit home for me because she was like, we really need to teach kids reading, reading, like teaching them how to read is a whole nother thing because I know the literacy, you know, um, I'm not sure. I don't know the numbers behind it, but I'm sure they can be up. I know that there are some regions or some um, areas or counties where the test scores are still very low. Mm -hmm. Um, But educating our kids. So not only are we not teaching our kids or educating kids on our history, um, but they're missing the piece of like, okay, reading is beautiful. Reading is, is power. You know, reading can probably get you into that school that you want to get into or, or take you to a whole nother level, you know? A whole new world. A whole new world. A whole new world. At least to a point to where we're able to get back to our, uh, and keep our oral functions, because uh, that oral history and it's other, as, as other things with that pre- um, and she said it's whitewash. She said the education is whitewashed. It's whitewashed. Yeah, before that, the whitewashing of even reading in the, the pre-literate cultures mm-hmm. uh, and societies and peoples. And there, there's other aspects of what's, um, it's pieces that we lost by not being oral people mm-hmm. and becoming more read right. literature dominant. So it's, 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 a, it's a balance in them. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and what I find, yeah. Um, and, but the books are where the story's at. So yes. we got to. Yep. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We better put that information somewhere if we're not remembering them and telling them. So we need to wrap up in a few moments, but I'm not closing the show up by shouting out a really great platform that I follow. Um, are you familiar with Know Your Caribbean? Yes. Amazing yes. platform. Amazing platform. Um, you guys need to actually go ahead and follow Know Your Caribbean. Um, she... And it's actually spelled, it's exactly mm-hmm. how it's spelled, Know Your Caribbean on um, on Instagram. She might be on Facebook. Um, I know they have a web, there's a website. But I came across a post, you probably came across this, it was actually one of the last posts, right? And it says, Dear schools, museums, institutions, TV stations, media governments, I'm exhausted of this narrative that the slave trade is termed as black history. It's not. It's yours as well. Actually, slavery shaped hundreds of years of European and American history, not just ours. So why are you still calling it black history as if you played no role in it at all? Your selective memory or selective inclusion into this piece of history, all caps, that shaped you also is insulting every time you sprinkle some kind of basic history lesson once a year as a token box ticking I'm sorry once a year as a token box ticking activity to make you feel you have been inclusive in your thought process do better be more comprehensive accept that this is your history too in parentheses oh yeah in Norway Sweden and Switzerland y'all are in that list too I could have just dissonance. threw my phone <laughs> across the room <laughs> Cognitive dissonance, man. It's just, just to forget. And and so our stories are so beautiful and elegant and nuanced. And I mean, and that's why you have to look into your family because then you find out things that don't fit, that are completely opposite of the narrative that you may have, if you got that lesson, whatever that mm-hmm. lesson was in February. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you could be carrying on a story that's not, 
your story. Listen. And you might be missing some pieces and forgetting and missing your own birthrights and uh, wow. land rights <laughs> and birthrights. And there's some things that's written in there. You need to know your own history and find out. I'll leave it at that. Every time you I come across this brother, you might be standing on your stuff. Every time I connect with you, I mean, every single time. Again, I've been intentional ever since the last time. I, I have. I have taken some steps. We can talk a lot. I have taken some steps. But I know that there's so many. Obviously, I mean, it's obvious because I haven't done a whole deep dive. There's so many pieces missing to the puzzle that I'm trying to pull together. And it's just always a steady reminder. Like we said, your genealogy that you got to know it. You got to know it. And again, for me, that's Black History 365. Yes. Knowing where I come from, honoring my folks, honoring the land that they cultivated. Know it. Remembering it, finding them photos. Because I'm showing up to Big Mom's house like where they, I didn't know, I didn't ask a few times. Oh, they had such and such (laughs) house. Oh, I'm going this, I'm, drive me there, Okay. Because I got you. And with smartphones, there's no excuse. You can take no. photos, other photos, and yes. edit it, and throw whatever filter on you it. You right. It, it looks <laughs> just like the regular photo. I mean, let's be real. Like, get those pictures and see those faces. See the see faces. Look faces. at them cheekbones. Them cheekbones, yes. Look at them cheekbones and all yes. that. Look at those hands and those brows and that the, skin. The skin. That forehead. Chin, that forehead, that noses and them lips. Look mm. at all of that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's yeah. you. Wow. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me. This was a pleasure. Where can folks find you at? Where can People they visit can find you? Me. You can visit me. Um, so you can definitely find me on Instagram uh, in two spaces. So New Healing Arts Garden uh, still have that page. That's where I, you know, just when the garden season is really active, even though outside of that time I post pictures about plants, what's going on there is my botanic project. Uh, botanic. Botanical project where I'm <laughs> gathering plants and the stories. Um, and then the other space. So that's New Healing Arts Garden. That's NU Healing Arts Garden. Uh, and then if you go to that page, you can find as to who's the garden keeper. That's me. And that is geo underscore creative space. That's where I'm telling the stories through a visual art lens about all these plants and all these narratives and showing my take on how. It's happened to the brother, y'all. I'm here. Dope. Tap into him. All right. Peace, y'all. Peace. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We are here live on Full Service Radio every Wednesday at 11 a.m., where you can catch today's episode on fullserviceradio.org, as well as iTunes and Spotify. Be sure to follow me at Food Talks in Color on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Are you an edible activist? Sure you are. Come join me on the show. I would love to feature you. Just shoot me a DM on the gram. Peace and blessings all. And remember, there is no culture without agriculture.